So this morning, I'm super excited about uh, us studying the the life of Josiah. He was the uh, 15th king after uh, David, after Solomon, actually. And um, uh, just a remarkable life. And we're going to jump right in. Uh, he's he's actually found both in Second Chronicles and Second Kings. This is where the two overlap. Um, and uh, I want to read a prophecy about him. This was early. This was long, long before his time, a um, couple hundred years before his time. And um, and it was uh, and it says in 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 First uh, Kings thirteen one through five. I'm reading. It says, "By the word of the Lord, a man of God." came from Judah to Bethel. This is when the kingdom split. Everything was going crazy. We've gone from one country to two. There was rebellion. It was Jeroboam and uh, leading rebellion and, and creating a whole new altar and a whole new place and all this stuff in Bethel. And it says, it says, um, the word of the Lord came from, the word of the Lord, uh, excuse me, by the word of the Lord, a man of God came from Judah to Bethel. As Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make an offering. Okay, so this is, they're totally in rebellion here. And it says, by the word of the Lord, the, he cried out against the altar. Altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. On you he will sacrifice the priests of the high places who make the offerings here, and human bones will be burned on you. That same day, the man of God gave a sign. This is the sign the Lord has declared. The altar will be split apart and the ashes on it will be poured out. So he, he, he gives this, this man of God, this prophet comes in and lays it out, challenges the king. Actually, we don't have time to read it all. It's a great story because the king points at him and yells at him to seize him and his hand shrivels up. And I mean, it was, this is like right out of a movie. This is such a great scene, but. So he basically tells a prophecy about Josiah. So now let's get into uh, Josiah's life. And Josiah means healed by Yahweh, which again, you know how I am about names. Always pay attention to the name because there's something in there. And and this is a time where Judah is just doing terrible. They're doing terrible. They're, things are not going well. And, and Josiah, young Josiah becomes king of Judah um, at the ripe old age of eight years old, and um, and he brings a healing to the land. He restores the relationship that God's people have with God. He opens the doors for God to come in and heal. And you know, a lot of times we don't think in terms like that. We don't think of of being healed. But the older I get as a Christian, the more I realize how how much sin hurts people. And when you're hurt, it's not just a matter of repentance. It is repentance. But what God does, we repent and God heals. And, and that's how, that's, there's a, there's a very interesting connection there that as we repent, God is able to heal us more and more. And, and so it makes perfect sense that Josiah's name would mean healed by Yahweh. So, so as I said, you know, he's from the seventh century, um, and he's found both in Second Chronicles thirty-four, Second Kings twenty-two. You want to do a great study? Read those those two accounts of his life. Um, there's a scripture uh, that, to me, just kind of sums up his life. 
uh, it's in 2 Kings 23, 25. It says, neither before nor after Josiah, Josiah, was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his strength in accordance with the law of Moses. I mean, how awesome is that? You know, that, that, that this is said of him that neither before nor after him was anybody like him who so loved God, who so just devoted himself to God. I mean, how awesome is that? You know, that's, that's Josiah's life. That's what he was about. And you contrast that to when I was doing Elijah and you read about Ahaz's life and he said there was nobody before or after him that was as evil as him or that made God as angry as he did. You know, this is almost like the opposite, the polar opposite of him. But, but Josiah's life was incredible. And there's a number of things that I love about Josiah that I want to share with you. But, but one of the things is, is this is a scripture we read a lot. This was actually said by the prophet Jeremiah. He says, he did what was right and just. So all went well with him. He defended the cause of the poor and needy. And so all went well. Is that not what it means to know me? Declares the Lord. You know, this scripture we use a lot at Hope Worldwide. When I was with Hope, we used it a lot. We sh- I shared this scripture a lot because it says, look, doesn't it, doesn't helping the poor and the needy, defending the cause of the poor and needy, isn't that show you what it means to know the Lord? And we use this one a lot. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Josiah. Jeremiah was talking about Josiah. And this is who Josiah was. This is this is his character. This is his life. He cared about the poor. King of Judah brought about all kinds of reforms into Judah, good reforms that brought people back to God. Always on his heart was the poor. And that's that's just a clear sign of of a godly person. You know, it's interesting because there's there's some things in the Bible that we generally miss. We don't usually catch, but are indicators of the spirit of God, like caring about the poor and needy. I mean, that's if if you're really walking with God, you're gonna have you're gonna care about the poor and needy. It's just it's it's God's heart. So the more you're like God, the more you're gonna care. And there's one that my wife always, Michelle always reminds uh, me and everyone else about is is that a godly person cares even for his animals, and that's in the scriptures. I actually don't remember the verse, but she quotes that one, and and it's really true. A godly person cares even about his animals, you know, that, that all life is sacred, all life is precious. So whether it's a, it's a dog or a horse or a person, all life is sacred. Obviously there's difference, but, but it's easy to think, you know, that, um, that only we count and only we matter, you know, and it's not true. And in fact, you know, something that, that, that I love about the newer generations from the millennials and Generation Z is how much they care about the earth and about the planet. And, you know, God speaks about that, too, that a godly person will care about about nature. He, he gave that commitment. He gave that responsibility to Noah to take care of the earth, uh, to Adam. You know, it's part of our covenants, part of our responsibility as mankind. But anyways, um, interesting things about walking with God. So, uh, Josiah, so he becomes king um, at a very young age. He's eight years old when he becomes king. I mean, 
Think of an eight-year-old, <laughs> how young that is. Uh, he's just a little guy, and he becomes he becomes the king of Judah. Uh, at 16, the scripture says that he, he becomes aware of God. He finds God, basically, and he begins to bring about a reform. At the age of 20, he goes after purifying the land and getting rid of all the high places, the Asherah poles, the worship centers of false gods. Whenever it says, whenever you read the scriptures, it's high places, not talking about places for God. He's talking about places where people go and worship the false gods. And he purges Judah and Jerusalem. At 26, at 26 years old, he finds the Torah, or they find the Torah in, in the temple, the Bible, basically. They find the Bible that's been missing. I mean, you talk about, you know, you know you're doing, you're not doing well spiritually when you lost your Bible years ago and you didn't notice, you know, that's, that's an indicator of something is really wrong. Um, your Bible should be worn out. It should be used a lot. It should be beat up and it shouldn't be all shiny and pretty unless you just got it, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, and it should need repair. And okay. You know, you can see mine or my poor Bible, but, but, Somebody finds the Torah. Somebody finds the scriptures, the law of the Lord. And and um, Josiah calls for a national repentance. He celebrates the Passover. He revives the worship. Um, he finds the descendants of, I uh, can't remember his name, but um, and reinstitutes the worship and the singers. And, uh, and he restores the temple. I mean, it's just amazing all that he does. And he, and he basically calls people back to God, calls all his people. Um, here's the scripture. In the eighth year of Josiah's reign, to purify the land and the temple, he sent Shaphan, son of Azaliah, and Maasiah, the ruler of the city, with Joah, son of Jehoaz, the recorder, to repair the temple of the Lord his God. I mean, he he wanted the temple rebuilt. He wanted it repaired. He wanted it restored. And and he'd take out all the stuff. They had they had statues dedicated to the sun god and all this garbage that Josiah goes after repairing and cleaning up, you know, after years of being away. And, you know, I think that sometimes it doesn't matter how old or young you are. Young people can get things right back on track, you know. I mean, I was I was 19 when I became a Christian, and I remember going home and 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 you know saying things like "love you, love you, love you." And my family didn't say that, and now my family says it all the time, you know. And and serving and cleaning and just trying to have an impact as a young man on my family, trying to be a good example for Jesus. And obviously, I wasn't a king or anything like that, and he was able to do a lot. But just because we're young doesn't mean we can't have a big impact doesn't mean that we can't help our family spiritually, that we can't set a good example. Uh, yesterday, by, uh, or day before yesterday, my niece, who's uh, 17, she made these tickets for all of us at home. And it says, it's a ticket from Ticketmaster, and it's to stay home and do nothing. And I was so encouraged by that. I thought that was so cool. She was just, obviously, she was just thinking of ways to encourage us. And, and I'm hanging out on my ticket because I'm hoping I can get a day of doing nothing uh, at some point. Um in the near future. Um, it says, while they were bringing out money that had been taken to the temple of the Lord, Hilkiah, the priest found the book of the law of the Lord, 
that had been given through Moses. I mean, that was such a moment to find this, to find the book of the law. And, and of course, I mean, he, he totally responds to it. In fact, it says, when the king heard the words of the law, he tore his robes. He gave these orders to Hilkiah, Ahikam, the son of Shephan, Abdan, son of Micah, Shaphan, the secretary, Isaiah, the king's attendant, go and inquire the Lord for me and for the remnant of Israel and Judah about what is written in this book that, that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that is poured out on us because those who have gone before us have not kept the words of the Lord. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written in this book. And of course, you have to remember that the Torah is, it's a contract. It's a, it's a covenant. We call it a covenant. It's a commitment, a promise between, between Israel and God. It's a marriage contract, basically. And he right away realized we have totally broken the contract. We have totally breached the covenant. No wonder we're suffering. No wonder God is angry. No wonder things are going bad. And, you know, uh, I know there's talk out there and people are wondering, well, why is all this stuff happening in the world? And it's amazing to me how we are, as as a world culture, we're, we're pulling away from God. We're pulling away from religion. We're pulling away from the Bible, and then all these things are happening, and nobody's making a connection that maybe, you know, there's crime, maybe there's so much anxiety, maybe there's there's so many problems in the world, maybe because we're pulling away from the God who helps us, who leads us, who stirs us. And I'm not even talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about just the social issues, the marriage issues, family issues, and all the stuff that that's happening, you know, and older generations say, well, we didn't know those problems back in my day. Well, you know, we, we, we actually had some other influences that helped us a lot, mainly that being God, the Bible, having, having God's direction in our lives. It's, it has made a huge difference in my life. And now what happens is, is typical is, is when, when we're in distress, when we're scared, when something goes wrong, then we turn to God. And, and it shouldn't be, it's wrong that that only happens, that we only turn to God when bad things happen as a society I'm talking about. But it's good that we do turn to God. Thank God we do that. Thank God that we do know to turn to God and we do turn to prayer and we do turn to reading our Bibles and, and, and people are wondering about God right now because we're going through a very tough time. Our entire world is going through it. I mean, the, the, if you took right now that, that, that it's predicted already that the number of deaths from COVID-19 will exceed the number of deaths from World War II. They'll exceed the number of deaths from Vietnam and Korea war put together. That, that, that there will nothing in the, in the entire world will have the impact of life on life that this has had. We're going through a very tough time. So it's a good thing that people are turning to God. It's a good thing that people are, are responding. So Josiah saw this, realized, uh, that we're in trouble. We're not, we're not walking with God. We're not being close to him. And we're certainly not keeping up our end of the deal here. And, and the great thing is that, that we should think of ourselves as a society, as a community, as a group. And that's how he sees this and that's how he responds. But also we have the security of knowing that doesn't matter what the world does. Any one person can turn back to God. 
Any one of us can be close to God and walk to God. We don't have to sit around and wait for everybody else to, to do what's right. It's what I love about Josiah is he just, he did what was right. He responded. He loved God. And that led the way that, that his example led the way. And any one of us can be that. Any one of us can be that spark plug that ignites the engine, can be the, the candle that draws all the attention in the room and lights up the room. Any one of us can have that kind of uh, uh, impact in the world. And look at God's response to Josiah. He says, because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before God when you, when you heard what he spoke against this place and its people, and because you humbled yourself before me and tore your robes and wept in my presence, I have heard you, declares the Lord. You know, oh man, you just, you love this because Josiah loved God so much and God loved him, you know? And, and, you know, I've said it many times, God loves everybody. Yes. But you, you know, you know how much he must enjoy the people who love him. I mean, I think about the prayers he hears every day all over the world, urgent prayers, desperate prayers, prayers of people searching for him, crying out to him, asking, where are you, God? Why aren't you this? And why don't you do this? And please do that. And please do this. And all day long, all over the world. And then every once in a while, he gets a prayer of somebody just praising him. God, you're awesome. God, you're wonderful. God, you are the best. God, thanking him. God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. How sweet those prayers must sound to him. How, how, how encouraging it must be to him. And I think he was just, he, I think he was just really encouraged by Josiah, you know, the Josiah's heart. And, and he had a great, he had a great impact on Judah. And in fact, uh, right after this, God tells him that, look, because of you, I'm going to hold off on all the punishment and all the hardship until after you're dead. And then it's going to unleash. And boy, did it unleash because then Manasseh became king later. And, 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 you know, he was back to Molech and sacrificing children and doing all these horrible things. And, and once again, God was, God's wrath was unleashed because of the horrible things he was doing to people and, and to his people even. And, um, and so God unleashed the wrath, but, but he was so moved by Josiah's heart, he put it off and he waited. And what a great story. What a, what a great example for all of us, you know, that we, we can have such an impact. Now there is one little cautionary tale at the end that I have to tell you is that, um, so what happens is, is, um, this, this Egyptian king, Necho II, um, decides he's going to go up and attack an army and he's cutting through Israel and, and cutting through Judah and Josiah goes out to meet him in battle. And, and, um, and the king told him, he said, look, my fight is not with you. In fact, you know, I'm being sent by, by God himself and you need to get out of the way. Josiah got kind of stubborn and, um, a little overconfident and uh, and went to war against the king and ended up getting shot. He he disguised himself, got shot, had to go back to run back to Jerusalem, wounded, and he died there. Um, now that doesn't take away from his life. He still died as a hero. But sometimes when things are going great and we're walking with God, we got to be careful of the pride and the overconfidence in the wrong ways. Right? Uh, the key was, 
it, he 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 didn't listen. He didn't listen to Neko, who said to who said that God was sending him, and he should have listened to that. He should have heard that and realized I don't want to be on the wrong side of something with God, and um, and it led to his death. But nonetheless, it's still written about him that neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his strength in accordance with the law of Moses. I mean, just, he's a hero. He's a hero, 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 period. He did great things. Thank God for his example. Started out a young little guy who loved God. I mean, what a great story. What a great example. And um, and again, read it in Second Kings. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, a couple of thoughts as I close out here. One, you know they were so amazed when they found the 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 book of the commandments the book of the law um we have that book we have it it's right here what was so amazing to them what was so incredible to find the word of god we got it right here we are the keepers of that of what is sacred of what is holy of what has all the answers the answers to our world. Our world is kind of freaking out right now because we are under a huge challenge and people are trying to find answers. Here they are right here. We have that. And the other thought is we need it as an anchor for our souls, that we need the Bible very much in our lives. We need to be reading it. We need to be devouring it. We need to be the people of the book. It's what we're called by other religions, the people of the book. And we need to be a person of the book that we're memorizing our scripture this week, that we're, that we're walking with God, that I, I hope that you heard the lesson last night about worship, that you just had a great time of worship this morning. I hope that if you, if you haven't, it's okay. It's not, the day's not over. Block some time aside and, and just go praise God, worship him and, and, Put your forehead to the ground and humble yourself. Read the Bible. Make it an anchor for your soul. He says, in Hebrews 2, 1, he says, We must pay most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through the angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. You know, he says, basically the whole paragraph could be summarized as don't space out. Don't space out on what God is doing right now. Make sure you're anchored. He says, don't drift. And he uses a nautical term. It's, it's, it's prosaic and it's what happens to a boat that isn't properly anchored. It gets pulled out by the tide. He said, don't let that happen to you. Don't get pulled out by the tide. Don't get pulled out by the what everybody's thinking or feeling. Don't get caught up in the fears of the world. Be anchored in the Lord. That's our Devo today. Love you. Praying for you. Let's keep praying for each other, please. And especially for those who are out there serving in the medical fields and on the front lines of this very challenging time that we're going through. Thank you. God bless you.